0: Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strausser, Principal and Chief Bottle Washer here at BrightPath.
1: This is Bray Wheeler, Senior Consultant, and I hate to know what my next duty is uh, here at Bright Path.
0: See, I just did the dishes here in the office, which is not typically what a CEO does, but hey, it's Bright Path. This is what we do. So I think you can do the dishes next time. Fair enough. But this is episode 173, and uh, I think the theme for this episode generally is... That everyone's tired. We're recording this episode. It is uh, the first week of November 2022. You're going to hear this in a couple weeks closer to the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday.
1: It happens to be a, a Friday. It's while a Friday we're recording, while we're and, recording.
0: and everybody's tired. Um, I think when we when we started brainstorming for this episode, Brian and I thought we maybe would talk about crisis fatigue and it just led us to this conversation that we're all tired so tired and i think we've we've talked in other episodes over the last two and a half years of the pandemic about the stress of the pandemic on our profession on business continuity and crisis management and crisis comms you know resiliency professionals and others well I i was gonna say even facilities even
1: broader i think it you know in particular ours but you know certainly it's probably a little bit of everybody
0: and i think our point here is not it's not that we're um you know that we don't enjoy the work we do it's not that we're not motivated it's not that we're looking forward to you know our next client conversation here in in 25 30 minutes yeah but all this comes with this sense of fatigue that uh, it's it's been one of the more challenging things i think as the pandemic and whatever we're in now post-pandemic not really post-pandemic pre-monkey pox i mean who knows right um <laughs> But how we're all feeling about that, and I think it's complicated by all the other uncertainty that's going on.
1: You mean there's other things happening in the world too that are <laughs> not calm and. I mean, the relaxing?
0: Com- I had a conversation uh, this morning on the drive to the office with a friend of mine in the U.S. intelligence community, and uh, you know, overnight last night there or this morning U.S. time, there was uh, you know a pretty big jet fighter bomber demonstration along the Korean DMZ. And the comment that he made to me on the call is, it just seems like every rogue hostile nation or or non-nation state actor suddenly feels like challenging the United States. And so yep. we're seeing this, there's always been geopolitical unrest. And if you look at the, you know, the 20 year plus history of our time in this space, I mean, we went from you know, some smaller scale terrorist attacks in Africa against U.S. embassies and some issues in Europe and the Middle East to full on global war on terrorism, 9-11 attacks in the UK. And so that kind of uncertainty has always been with us. But it seems like now it's it's different and the stakes are higher.
1: Well, and it's, I think it's one of those things, too, where just the you know pandemic, the kind of political back and forth in the US sort of the the right sort of cocktail mixture of, you know, economic pieces and all these other things really is allowing probably those that international community and not to go too far down the geopolitical road but you know definitely sort of creates the environment where there's opportunity for State actors, non-state actors, other groups, you know, all sorts of issues and different circumstances to sort of pile on the U.S., particularly in an election season, particularly when it's kind of up in the air somewhat in terms of who is going to take control of what. Um, Everybody's sort of throwing their hat in. Plus, it's the year after sort of we're returning to, quote unquote, normal. And businesses have sort of been operating back at normal ish for almost a year. And it's feeling like a normal fourth quarter and holiday season to some extent. And like all these things are just sort of piling on. And you look at the totality of it and you're just like, man, that's a
0: lot. But is it normal oh. or is it the. As we always used to say, is it the, the new normal or what well, McKinsey calls the next normal?
1: Normal with air quotes. I was air quoting you're quite air a bit quoting. there as, but, as we were talking. But, but you,
0: you brought up two things that I, I think contribute to this. And then I want to talk, and then we're going to talk a little more about, yeah. you know, what are some things you can do to kind of combat this? But the political unrest in the United States is is a factor in this. It, and Absolutely. it doesn't matter it if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat or you're an independent It's exhausting. Um, It's exhausting. And I don't know that we've ever been farther apart on partisan political issues. I mean, in some cases, we can't even agree on what the facts are of things that have happened, even though the facts are are objectively there. Not (laughs) objectionable. They're objectively there. But we can't even agree on what the facts are. And we fight over things like that. And that's exhausting. And then there's the... And then underlying all of that, I think, are the two kind of pillars of things that are happening from a business standpoint. And those are, there is somewhat of a return to whatever this new normal is, right? Yep. Um, but it's different. The offices are emptier or, or you don't have an office anymore. Right. right? Right, you're in a permanent, remote, or hybrid situation. But it's also underlined with all this economic uncertainty. I mean, just yesterday... Uh, Slack announced big layoffs. Stripe said they're dropping 14% of their workforce. Those are two pillars of the of the you know, the online tech community. And then today Twitter's dropping about half of their workforce. And that's probably just the beginning. Yep. You know, Meta, faith, formerly Facebook, they're doing something similar with large budget cuts across the board. So there's a lot going on that I think It contributes to all that uncertainty that we're feeling and we don't know how will how will the election turn out by the time you hear this you'll know uh and we don't know what what's the economy going to look like going into q1 q2 2023
1: well yeah it's a lot of organizations sort of you know trying to be as normal in the new normal as possible in the last two months of the year knowing that 2023 is Mm -hmm. completely up in the air so spending budgets that you have capitalizing on you know good year good years before everything sort of potentially takes a different turn which is you know not a great feeling again sort of heading into a new year um it's not the right tone or circumstance you know, it feels very kind of mid 2000s, you know, that decade where it's, you know, 07, 08, 09, you know, in there where it just it feels weird and it feels different.
0: Oh, for the Halcyon days of
1: 1999. <laughs> yes. Let's just have a Y2K. Just have a, you the know. The biggest
0: thing we were worried about was uh, setting the dates properly on our computers.
1: Make a bunch of tech people do a lot of work so that it doesn't become a problem and the rest of us can breathe easier. Um,
0: so we've set the stage. I mean, yeah. none of this, is, uh, none a of this is a surprise or shocking, but it's good to kind of lay that out there. Um, so what do we do? I mean, so I, I think just personally, like one thing that I've, I guess there's two things that kind of come to my mind. One is when I talked about with my doctor in 2021 because I told him that um, I was experiencing a lot of stress at work about, you know, self-imposed deadlines and getting things done. Me? And no, no. yeah, well, not you. My <laughs> well, let's problems. not open that can of worms. But, um, you know, it was funny. His recommendation was, well, you mentioned to me that you enjoy reading and reading is one of the ways you relax. And I said, yes, he goes, well, why don't you at, take an hour long lunch and, you know, eat your meal and then sit and read, read something that's not work related. And then go back to work for the afternoon. And gosh darn it, that guy was right. Right. <laughs> it's work. it's always
1: frustrating when you walk in there and you're like, Ah, oh, you're right. You're right. And I well, keep walking in here, but I needed you to tell me.
0: I kind of rolled my eyes and I'm like, but but like I have work to do. And he's like, No, you should right. just try this for a while. Yeah, he was right. Um, but the second one is, and I was reminded of this yesterday it was something that's, that somebody in my in my academic life did, is uh, I think the pandemic and you know, my mom passing away last year really taught me to give myself some grace yep. that there were going to be hard days and hard days are okay to have Yep. Um, that you didn't have to be at a hundred percent all the time. I mean, I would like to think I could, but like, I'm right. not that no one is that has that capability. Right? So I think finding ways to, to, to be okay feeling that way or feel like you're not having the greatest day and maybe I should just hang it up for the day and go hang out with my kids. Or something is okay to do that.
1: It's, you know, it's bringing back, I shouldn't say bringing back, but like sort of embracing that, you know, the mental health day or, you know, everybody's Mm -hmm. got a different term for it, but really it's, you know, in the, the term gets thrown around and I, I kind of chuckle because, you know, over the last few years I've gone through some different, different circumstances too, you know, and certainly the pandemic, you know, adding on top of it, but you know, throughout this last couple of years, a lot of people talk about self-care and, you know, kind of throw that, that term around, which I think is awesome because I think it's an underutilized
0: term and an
1: underutilized sort of, you know, tool in people's toolboxes. And I think to your point, it really leans into that, you know, kind of grace and forgiveness to yourself. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I think like you, I certainly struggle with that and, you know, Have had conversations where people have challenged me and go, "What happens if you don't get that done?" And like it makes you like it's that uncomfortable feeling of like, "But I can't, like I can't, like I'm, like I'm wired to get it done. Like I've been, it's been reinforced. Like, but what happens if it doesn't? (laughs) Will the will the sky fall?"
0: This is why this Crap, is why the no. like, this, is, this is why the toilet handle is still not properly fished, f- fixed in one of my bathrooms.
1: Right, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that drive to sort of you know, fix everything, do everything, organize everything, you know, have everything spot on becomes exhausting and you have to you have to give yourself that latitude of w- what can wait, mm-hmm. what can drop off. And I think it's particularly for you know our field a lot of the times you have to be on and you have to be ready and you have to be prepared and you can't let you know in, certainly in a crisis you can't say well what happens if i don't get that thing done well the thing gets worse like the fire does not go out because you know you chose to ignore it for you know a little bit but at the same time it's all the more important when you're not in those situations to really find those rhythms and routines and things like you said, reading or, Mm -hmm. you know, playing video games or woodworking or going for walks or, you know, all the, all the sort of, you know, even cliche stuff that people throw around that's, Oh, I relax. But even I think to your point, you know what, I'm going to hang it up. I'm just going to go play with my kids or I'm going to hang it up and I'm just going to, do whatever like whatever (laughs) i'm 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 gonna do whatever i'm inclined to do i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna binge watch a show i've been putting off that i've had in the bucket for a while great do it embrace that moment that's where you're at embrace that moment and then understand that the world's not gonna fall down if you've paused those things you feel like you really need to get done but especially now especially you know, this time of year is always challenging too when the weather changes and it is all that kind of stuff that it plays into it.
0: I also think, I mean, those are all really good. I think those are all great points. The other thing that helps me, this helps me. I think I, I, be, I came to rely upon this more at the beginning of the pandemic when there was so, I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but there was a lot of uncertainty about where this was going. Right. And there was not good leadership on a national level about what was going on, yeah. right? We had a lot of disinformation and misinformation. And this was a really bad place that we were in. And I had an alumni group from a program I was a part of, academic program I was in 10 years ago. And during that time when we started, at the time it was weekly calls. And you wanna talk about a cathartic, place to go. I didn't miss that for anything. Oh, I bet. Because there I was. I mean, we had about 70 people. There's a there's about a 1,000 alumni of this program over its 15, 16-year history. About seven or 8 of us got on there on a typical call. And we usually had a theme, but we never had a guest speaker. We just really kind of opened up. Like, sometimes the academic leaders would share here's a couple of things we're seeing. Um, and then all of us just unloaded. But it was so good to be in a place that was safe, where we could talk about because we're all in yep. emergency management and homeland security, the intel community. Um, but we were almost all of us were involved in the pandemic pandemic response in some way, shape, or form. Um, some folks were at CDC, some folks were at HHS, some folks were in the military, or state or county public health agencies, and we just had a really good conversation every week about what we're experiencing. And it was it was not, I, I don't want to describe it as a bitch session, because it right. really wasn't, although there was some venting. A lot of it was, how do we apply the things that we learned in the program to what we're dealing with? And you know, part of what we learned in the program yeah. was how to take care of yourself in these situations. And how to how to know to when to get relief and when to step away and then come back refreshed, and that was a lot of what we talked through was our own challenges in staying sane through right. all of that chaos in 2020. We do this now on a since about middle of last year we've done it more on a monthly basis. It's still something I try not to miss um, because it I come out of that feeling like I've been heard and I feel better about you know what's going on and and my role in all of that.
1: Well, that's, you know, and as you know, you know, I took a vacation end of July, beginning of August for almost two weeks, two weeks, two weeks which it's kind of normal in our family because it's ironically, we always went to Massachusetts for about two weeks and that's indeed where we went this time around. But I hadn't had a real, real vacation with the kids and all that kind of stuff, obviously with pandemic, but other circumstances too in a long time like a couple of years, long time. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much told everybody here and told everybody on the baseball board I'm a part of, and, you know, sort of told everybody in my life, like, I'm out, I'm at the beach, I will see you in two weeks. And, you know, it had just gotten to a point where it was like, oh, I'll bring this and I'll bring that. and, And I think the week before I had just, I fully decided, like, I'm not bringing anything. Like and you it, all, didn't. it all stays at home. I think I brought my laptop because I took an exercise call from the car on the way, but that was, that was on, di- on day one. That was yeah. it. I, yeah. I never turned it back on. Yeah. Never touched anything else. And you know, it's, it's really embracing those moments too. And I think the other piece that I think you brought up too, in terms of it's really important to manage self care, think, sort of think selfishly about yourself and sort of what you need and where you can recharge. And the other piece too, I think, which also speaks to this is looking after each other too, you know, certainly here and, you know, I'll I'll sing praises all day, but you know, that ability to take two weeks off Mm -hmm. from here and go, yep, bye. Or, you know, just even those different moments, you know, certainly for me or for others on the team, when it's just like, it's a day I, you know, I'll be at this meeting, but it's a day and having that sort of grace and flexibility of like, yep, got it. And allowing that safe space for other people to, Mm to embrace that, I think is really important because it allows yourself to know that you can take those moments because Mm -hmm. you're supported in, in that way. And just as important to take care of the people that, you know, friends, family, you know, all those folks in your life too, of creating that space and finding those moments for them too. So it's sort of that community aspect that it doesn't seem we're all that real good at right now, Mm -hmm. but all the more important to start kind of reengaging in that community space.
0: And then I think the other thing we've, we've talked about this before on the, um, on other episodes, but figuring out what your anchors are. Yep. Right. So family is an anchor your friends are an anchor i think finding people you know the alumni group from the program i was in is an anchor for me because i know that we don't necessarily always see the world in the same way but we deal with the same challenges right and i know they're experts and they have my interests at heart and they're a dispassionate observer right so i can go to them and i can vent and i can talk and i can get advice I think your your colleagues that you are drawn to in this industry are the same, former mentors, former leaders, former colleagues, former parts of your team. Um, you know that whole sense of of teamwork and camaraderie, where you're aligned with like-minded folks. I think that's another anchor for you, um, for people um, as they work through these challenges.
1: Well, oh, absolutely, especially now where there is no. There's not a consistent way of like getting out of your house or out of a different space, and you know, moving yourself into another space, and you know, having those separations and having those different, you know, groups of people to sort of bounce back in between and, and break up, you know, the day, so to speak. That mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of time with these folks. It it should be a a good group in
0: creating so that much space. Time. Um. So much time. I won't take that personally. So much, much time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of the things I appreciate about a couple of our clients where we have, have long-term relationships, and yeah. we had we had relationships with them before we started working with them in this way because we knew them through our professional life or we knew them through previous work together. It's one of the things I appreciate about them is because we can have some of these conversations because they're going through the same thing yep. that we are, and we can provide. You know, they can tell us about what's happening in their company and, you know, some of the same challenges we've addressed here. We can share what we're seeing across multiple organizations and yep. how they can think about addressing some of those issues.
1: Well, yeah, it it allows that space from an organizational standpoint and a professional standpoint and this, you know, sort of capability, functionality, professional space. But, you know, there's also moments I think we've had you know at, at different times with those folks of sort of going okay not working and just having let's talk about
0: the other things like, that are going on
1: personal conversations around like man i'm tired or you know are you experiencing this or have you know have you seen this or what do you know about this and having those types of conversations too i think is really it's kind of an untapped of piece that i think we're v- we are very i'll speak for ourselves i think we are very lucky in that sense of having you know for sure a couple of clients and you know even in other moments talking with you know different clients mm-hmm. you know in in more of that interpersonal way that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know obviously stays professional and inbounds but you know is, is on a different level that really gives us different perspective but also just is important for our own mental mm-hmm. health and rejuvenation so you're not just getting yeah. on a call and it's work 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 it's sort of okay work and having the and conversation and you know you feel good getting off the call rather yeah. than like just just work just you know, work that the good work feeling it's it's a bigger good so
0: the uh so we wrote an article recently on crisis fatigue i think two weeks back we published it we'll link it in the show notes. There's some good articles there. I think just on the, the practical things to think about in your workplace related to people being kind of tired of the crisis and how can you rejuvenate some elements of your program that I think are valuable. But I think the most important message we can leave folks is this, that if you're, you have to have anchors, you have to have some places to go outside of, you know, what you do day to day, what's related to work and, and kind of, a place, places you can go that are safe to kind of help with this. Um, but if you're really feeling challenged, uh, it, it's there's no shame in seeking help for that. No. Whether you talk to a friend uh or a family member, or you go see your doctor and you know, ask for a referral to a counselor or whatever the right. Yep. You know, there's different counselor uh, therapists. Yeah, thank you. Um th- there's no shame in that. And we should talk about and be comfortable with those things more openly. Um, but if you're really in a crisis and you're in this field, call us. Yeah. We'll talk to you. Yep. If Absolutely. you got nowhere else to go. And, and yeah. you were so interested in our podcast. Um, it's not a sales conversation. It's no, no. Look, I've, I've been in your shoes. How can we, how can we talk through this together? How can I help get you some help?
1: Yeah. If anything, you know, I think that the mental health piece, and I know it's, you know, out there a lot, like we've talked about and stuff, but it is incredibly important i'm incredibly passionate about it you know we will talk to you i will talk to you you can just vent you know you can just have we can create that safe space to just have the venting session if you need it um but definitely definitely reach out to where you're comfortable or anywhere to get that help Mm -hmm. so
0: that's it for this edition of the managing uncertainty podcast we'll be back next week with another new episode be well